back, everybody, to another episode of Blood in the Bloom, episode 105, continuing our positional previews for the 2024 fantasy baseball season. Bats are done. We head to the mound, starting pitcher preview episode one. Similar to the outfield, we'll try to get through 20-ish, maybe 30 at the most pitchers today. It'll be three parts total, wrapping up next Tuesday for you. So we'll get through, we'll get through all 100, just like we did in the outfield. Get you ready to rock and roll. But before all that, you can find me on Twitter at BDNTrick, podcast at Bubble Bloom Pod, and my co-host, as always, on the Twitter at Ryan BHQ. Ryan Bloomfield, how are we doing, my friend? Busy, busy. Very busy. And it's only February 6th. So yes, sir. Um, so yeah, doing good. The the the, the new baseball HQ site launched over the weekend. And Slick. I Slick. I'm biased, but yeah. Bubba, Bubba Bubba on the on the accesses articles on the phone, and it looks I think yeah. so much, so much better, much needed upgrade. Uh, so that's been, that's been that. And then uh, getting our, getting our auction listener league set up and running. It's pretty cool to actually see these filling up on the NFBC site, which we'll talk about in just a sec, but, uh, but yeah, getting those filled and trying to figure out how to, how to do an auction in the next, next few weeks. So. Yep. We'll get those uh, locked down. Ryan said, everyone that's in the leagues, they've been designated to their leagues. There's four leagues. We might need about four more players at this moment. We might have a waiting list if you're interested. So come hop in Uh, just because certain people have realized they are in states that do not allow the NFBC. So we've run into that conundrum. But otherwise, we're pretty much full. But we do have right now, I think, three or four openings. So if you guys still want to sign up, DM us. Let us know. We'll get you in there. It's going to be awesome. $50 entry, 15-team auction formats, strictly the same roto formats the NFBC always done, just for our league, cheaper price point, have a little fun overall title. Yep. Good stuff. Yep. And and somewhat, well, not well, definitely are bad for not communicating the state issue. I think it's like Ohio, Arizona, Washington State are the, the big ones. Um, but, yeah, so we've had a few hiccups that way. Trying to see if we can... I don't know how much to share on the air, but if somebody was were perhaps sightseeing, yes. crossing state lines into a legal state, and maybe just tried to register there, maybe it works. I don't know. I've never I've heard. I've never tried chance, it. Like in the DFS world, it works. So maybe I maybe. don't know. Something to think about. Haven't ha- haven't tried it myself, but it may be worth a shot. For yeah, it might be worth a shot. See if you can make it work. Who knows? But uh, yeah, those will be rock and rolling. First draft is on the nineteenth. So we'll that's be, right. we're going to be going crazy and uh, we'll, uh, you know, see where it goes. Ryan's in two. I'm in two. We'll have an overall. It's going to be fun. Lots of yep. fun. And again, shout out to the NFBC for hooking us up and, yep. and organizing this. It's all very smooth and uh, yeah, it's going to be awesome. But yeah, we'll, we'll stop talking about it for the, for the not, for the people who are not interested and in, cause we do have, well, a ton of pitchers. And a ton of listener questions to get to. So yeah, you guys are crushing listener questions, and we've said it forever. And we'll, I'll, I'll repeat this one all the time. We'll do whole shows on listener questions alone if you'd like. So like, keep them coming. This is you guys don't need to hear us just go player by player all the time. Like I know that's what some people love, but keep those listener questions because you are the reason we like to do this show. Yep. So Ryan, why don't you talk about it? you pulled the board up uh, for SP Part One? What are we looking at here? SP part one. See, I had to do a little rejigger into the board here. Added a new column, fourth column. Hope things aren't aren't too busy for our YouTube and live stream crowd. But we've if got... they are, blame me. That was my my, my idea. Hey, it's a good idea. <laughs> the, the The column we added is innings pitched. Um, 
in addition to ERA, WHIP, and strikeouts. Color-coded for the best categories and color-coded against the top 90 starting pitchers. So that's why you see a, a, a lot of green, obviously, for this ADP of top 30. And this ADP is the last 16 drafts from the NFBC. Uh, just kind of picked a day where you have roughly 15 of the last drafts. Uh, so this is pretty fresh stuff. Um, projections courtesy of ATC, which is available on Fangraphs. And I think that's it. Like, I, I do want to, like, I guess just real quick. Um, I'm already going. I already said we have a lot to cover. I go off on tangents. Um, I don't use projections as much on the pitcher side as I do the hitter side. And I think you'll see that come out tonight in the next few shows in our analysis on just how we evaluate pitchers. I just think it's so hard to nail down ERA and whip uh, specifically like strikeouts are pretty stable year to year. Um, And then innings pitch like, man, we don't know which of these pitchers are going to get hurt, which are not like Sandy Alcantara this time last year was, was the iron man. And, and now look at him. There are some outlier cases, which, you know, your boy glass now, that we'll talk about, <laughs> but uh, where you can maybe maybe tweak down some innings pitch totals. But uh, I think it's just a lot more kind of art and feel to the pitching side in terms of evaluating pitchers. They can change a lot quicker with pitch mix changes, velocity, and that sort of thing. So um, nothing against the projection systems out there. I just think pitchers are so much more volatile uh, from a skills perspective and volatile from an injury perspective and in that pretty much any pitcher can get injured at any time, even the ones who we think are, quote unquote, the most stable. So. It's my little offshoot there. Well, hundred percent. Like we even talked about it with hitters with batting average, like just ratios in general, there's hard to make a, a proper projection on um, strikeouts. If you can get a rough idea on, on innings pitch, as we talk about plate appearances for hitters, you got your chances there. Injuries will happen much more on pitchers. It feels like the hitters. So you're right there, but at least some guys we know are have been durable in the past. So you're not as surprised. Like when, you know, Zach Wheeler's predicted for 187. Okay. I can believe that that kind of makes sense type stuff now if he gets hurt so be it but um those are kind of things you can see and if you just you know project things out we rock and roll so let's start at the top adps six starting pitcher one not sure there's many complaints here spencer strider dude was lights out last year even though he struggled towards the end of the final era was 386 but even all his like xfip sierras rated out beautifully and the dude struck out 281 batters and 186 innings pitched with a near 30% K to walk. The dude was insane. So I don't have a whole lot else to say about him. What do you got on Spencer Strider? No, clear number one pitcher. The only question you're going to ask yourself is if you have like the fifth pick in your draft or, you know, comparing Strider to the, you know, the five category bats that we, that we've been talking about the last few weeks, which is probably a topic for another episode, but yeah, Strider, like I'm not, I got nothing to add here. Like, I, by far uh, the number one pitcher was with pretty much zero concerns given the innings that that Strider pitched last year. Uh, that was kind of the last somewhat of a question mark for me was the workload, the volume, that sort of thing. And he answered past, past that with flying colors. So uh, yeah, Strider number one. Yep. Number one with a bullet. Garrett Cole, AL Cy Young, ADP of 12 right now. He's coming in off of 209 innings pitch back-to-back seasons of 200 plus. If you want to really go back five of the last six, Seasons not counting 2020 of 20 plus or 200 plus. That's pretty darn good. Uh, ratios elite. We did see a little drop in strikeouts, but um, 
going to be 33 if you want to take that into any consideration. But what's your thoughts on Cole? Because I know we talked about him a lot in our top 20 SP ranking show. Where are you standing on him now? I'm still – he's he's like – he's my number two starting pitcher, but like there are holes, man. Or not holes, but like there are signs of some like cracks starting to come in. You just mentioned the age. Um, pretty big time – slight drops, I guess, and strikeout rate went down by five points. The velocity was down a full tick for Cole. Uh, the whiffs were way down for Garrett Cole, and that was all kind of hidden by – I think some pretty fortunate BABIP and home run luck, especially in Yankee Stadium. Um, so, yes, I don't think we're, I don't know if this is Pete Garrett Cole anymore, but I don't also don't think he needs to be Pete Garrett Cole to return late first round value just because of the, the volume, the strikeouts that you're going to get. Presumably the wins, although the Yankees, half their lineup isn't all that great. Uh, he's still my number two pitcher, but with with some trepidation compared to this next tier. And it's just interesting ADP wise, Cole is like kind of in a tier by himself behind Strider, but above these next maybe five or six, maybe seven guys um, that I think are all very close to each other in the uh, in the third tier here. And it's funny you mentioned that because yeah, Cole's got the ADP at twelve. The next six guys we talk about twenty four through thirty five. Like it's it, and we've talked yeah. about it on other shows. It's like. Um, you know, roster construction and the reason why we don't draft players so-and-so in round three, it's because a lot of pitchers are going in round three. And that's just kind of where you start to see the yellow brick roll. And, and it shows right here. Heck, if you want to even go even deeper, 24 through 41 are the next seven pitchers. Like, so yep. pretty much round two and a half to almost the end of round three, you're, you're going pitcher heavy in those regards. So it's kind of interesting to see Cole separate so much because I've heard another, other people discuss it that they have similar thoughts to we how we do about Cole of you still think he's very good. He's still one of the elite pitchers. Like you still draft him if you feel like you want that kind of stable guy, but just you don't feel the air of full confidence like you felt in years past with Garrett Cole, especially with some of these other guys we're going to talk about because like we're going to talk, you know, Wheeler, Gossman, Castillo, Garby, Pablo, like all these dudes were, you could see them all performing to Cole levels coming up here. And that's, that's kind of why I think where both of us stand on, why we probably pass on Cole in, in, more often than not, but not because he's going to be bad, but more just we're talking equivalencies. These guys are pretty similar to him. That, that's what I was just going to ask you. Like, is Cole worth this 12 pick, which in a 12 team, or that's a full round. Is he worth that full round bump over oh, a 12 these next team, guys? Not a chance for me. A 12 I don't think so. I, I, I think no. the opportunity cost of not taking some of the bats that are available around yes. Garrett Cole, like I'd much rather take a Jose Ramirez in Cole's spot just throwing out, you know, yeah. Judge Soto, name your name your bat who you're high on in 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 the 10 to 15 ADP. I, I think I'd much rather take one of those guys and then dip down to this next tier. I, I just don't yeah. think the separation between Cole and Wheeler, Burns, Gossman, Castillo, whatever that order is, yeah. uh, is, is worth uh, the pick. So I, I don't think, even though Cole, it's weird, even though Cole, and this is why rankings are rankings, it's like, and rankings are different than what you're going to do on draft day sometimes. Because like yes, Cole's my number two pitcher, but I, it's tough for me to see a scenario where I take him, uh, given where the market's at with some of these other guys. The way I the way I look at it, in a twelve, not a chance. Just because, heck, if you follow this ADP, and obviously this is fifteen team DC, so it's different. I haven't even looked at the twelves yet because I mm -hmm. haven't gotten there in my prep yet, to like drafting there. But you can almost get two of these guys in the next two rounds or later. Like you could, you could still get some elite pitching by waiting. And a fifteen is where Cole becomes interesting. Because if you're at the back end of round one, 
by the time you get a chance to draft a lot of these guys again, they're almost all gone. I, I'm seeing where, this. In... That's where Cole gets interesting. Really good point. So we're doing uh, Katie Estraw, which for those unaware is Kentucky Kentucky Derby style. Basically, you're you're picking your draft slot, and it looks like for me for for labor, uh, which is that live stream is coming up two weeks from tonight, which Ooh. will be live streamed on the Bubba and the Bloom podcast, and probably my favorite episode of the year. Not I love it because I just sit back and drink and you just, just yeah, and everything. you just well, and you blast my <laughs> honestly very good picks. You did win last year. <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll get to that but i i i have it looks like i'm ending up with like the 10th or 12th spot in a 15 teamer and this is exactly what you just said i'm not going to be able to get most likely maybe labor's a little bit different and pitching isn't pushed up as much um i may not even get the chance to draft anybody from this next tier of starting pitchers so it's a decision i may have to make in the late first round of a 15 teamer is do i do i take garrett cole maybe Yep. And pass on a, a again a really good bat because uh, this next group is so clumped up together from picks twenty five to thirty or twenty four to thirty five. And the last thing I'll mention because we spent a lot of time on the second overall picture here, but the reason yeah, I say it's the draft strategy stuff, I think. Well, the reason I say the fifteen team just for anybody that hasn't listened to us talk before is you want so much more of a floor in a fifteen. So as much as we might critique Cole as not being this guy that's different than these other pitchers coming up in this clump. He still has an amazing floor, like a very good floor. Where, like we talked about Burns last year, um, was he as elite as people thought? Not, no. But did he kill your team? Not, not at all. So, yeah. and that's where Cole I think comes into play. Like, or even Strider. Like Strider, all the strikeouts, but he still had like a three seven ERA. People like look at that and go number one pick, but he did zero damage to your team. So, stuff like that with Cole, his floor is just so good, and you just run with it in a fifteen. All right. SP3. I know we're both fans of this guy. Zach Wheeler, ADP at 24 right now, coming off 192 innings pitched through 213 in 2021. 361 ERA is actually the highest ERA he's had since 2019. Strikeouts are there yet again for Wheeler. He's just a beast, a workhorse. And don't forget, 2022, he had 153 innings, but that's because he started the year uh, late with that kind of mm-hmm. shoulder injury that scared a lot of people. Once he came back there, he was, you know, Wheeler again. So in reality, yes, did he have the injury? Yes, but he started the season. Once he started the season pitching, he was fine. So um, I love Wheeler. He's like, I, I think we said on the top 20 show, it's like Cole's 2A, Wheeler's 2B type thing. Like you could e- easily switch the two. And this is why we kind of pass on Cole in 12s. Wheeler is like, the, I, th- I think, a really good blend of of – for as, as much as bankable volume, as much as that exists in the starting pitcher, uh, you've got that. But you've also, I think, still got, even though he's, even though Wheeler's a little bit older, I think you've got even some higher strikeout upside from Zach Wheeler. The the swinging strike rate went up two full points from 11%, 11.5, which is roughly league average, up to 13.5%, which is really, really good. And there was a little bit of a pitch mix change behind that. Zach Wheeler threw a, a, a new sweeper. 12% of the time last year, Miss Bats had a 17% clip. So you have a little bit of a pitch mix change with a, a major uptick in whiffs. That wasn't totally like the strikeout rate seems stable 29, 27, 27% the last three seasons. That's really good. I think this could get up to like 30%. And if that's the case with Zach Wheeler's volume, um, you could be looking at something well north of 200Ks. So uh, Zach Wheeler is a, a, is a fine choice in this. Uh, in this range, I did uh, somewhat. I, I took Kevin Gossman over Zach Wheeler 
in a draft champions. So it, again, it's interesting when you, when you uh, are forced to click the button. Uh, I did not go with Wheeler as, as SP three. I went with Gossman, but certainly case can be made for, uh, for either one. And I'll probably make the case for Gossman here in just a sec. Yes, I know you will. That's your guy. So I actually would not expect you to do anything differently. That's, that's kind of what it comes down to when these guys are very similar and, uh, I will talk about, I won't say all the Gossman stuff here. We'll wait for Gossman in a minute, but they're both pretty, pretty similar, except one big difference to me. And Gossman might have the edge in that regard. Corbin Burns, ADP of 25, going right after Zach Wheeler this past year, 339 ERA, 193 innings. We got you the, the innings, ERA, like three straight years in the twos. So that was a big difference. But, and the strikeouts did drop a bit. All in all, though, if you looked like deep, deep into Burns, he finished the year strong after a hiccup, things were good. He's now in Baltimore. Um, take that for what you will. Some people take it a lot because he's going in the first rounds of drafts lately. If you want to uh, look around on Twitter, he's good. I, I, I'm not against Burns. I've actually taken him in a couple drafts since our top 20, just based on how things kind of fell in the draft room. But he's not a target of mine. I'll say that much. I could see I could see Burns going up to the Cole range post-trade yeah. i mean and we won't spend too much time i mean every podcast you probably listen to has covered the burns trade we talked about it a little bit last year we're just or last year last week um the one thing i will add is like i don't know if i have given corbin burns enough credit for that second half turnaround that you mentioned bubba um eric simolski um uh, our buddy and and listener to the show put out an article on, on roto world um kind of looking into that second half a little bit more for Corbin Burns. And there was some definite, not like pitch mix change stuff, but pitch shape and pitch movement changes from first to second half uh, that really helped drive Corbin Burns's rebound. So um, certainly get the case for Burns. Um, probably still going Wheeler Gossman over him, but I'm, I'm not as down as, uh, as I thought I was on Burns back when we did our top 20 when I had Burns like six or seven but still probably not ending up with him but I, I certainly understand the case and if you want to make that case for volume and strikeouts with Cole it's a little bit hypocritical if I don't at least give Burns a shout out for that same uh for that same skill yeah he brings a really solid floor I'll say that much and maybe he finds the ceiling again if he finds that then yeah he's probably deserves to be up in the Cole range but uh I guess I'm still hesitant, and uh, maybe it's a fault of mine, but it's tough when you have Wheeler going in front of him, and then this guy, Kevin Gossman, ADP of 27 right now, dude threw 185 innings last year. It's three straight, like basically 175 plus, which you give me a 175 plus, you're in a elevated tier from just the way pitchers pitch these days. Uh, ERA of 316. We've talked about how elite his ratios have been. Strikeouts were outstanding this past year, uh, 24% K to walk. I won't say too much more because this is your boy, but I will say the reason I could see taking Gossman over Wheeler, I think Wheeler is just, I feel more confident in just a steady return with, with Wheeler because Gossman, I guess in the back of my brain, I always think the splitter is going to fall off someday. And that just scares me. But the difference between the two, if you want to take Gossman, he will strike out more guys than Zach Wheeler. So that is a, a big plus. The floor is yours now for Kevin Gossman. Yeah, no, dude. 227, 205, and 237 strikeouts. Yeah. Over the last three seasons, like Pretty that's good. just that's crazy. Um, at twelve wins, come on, Blue Jays, twelve they wins. Just, they just sucked overall last year. It was like, come on. Man, go, uh, I hate to shill for my stuff. Just go listen to the preview I did with Rico. That team just underperformed on every aspect of baseball, especially when Gossman was pitching. Yep. Um, baseball forecaster made a really good point that the second half skills for Gossman did 
decline. The strikeout rate went up from 6% to 9%, or sorry, the walk rate went up from 6% to 9%, strikeout rate down from 33 to 29. Um, did leave, and I'm, I'm kind of pulling from the forecaster here, left a start in July with left side discomfort. Never, never missed like a ton of time, didn't go on the IL for it. We just kind of wondered if that, I don't know, made Gossman a little bit off down in the second half. I, I think this is, yeah, like he's, he is my number three starting pitcher ahead of Wheeler, ahead of Burns. Again, certainly get the case for those other guys. But um, if those damn Blue Jays finally score some runs for him, this could be like an 18 win guy, 220, 230 strikeouts, like just monster, monster numbers. Yeah, Joe Rico's in the chat saying the wins won't come. Off season has been dog s and but just keep remember it, keep Gossman, it clean Arico. but gossman's better than anyone not named strider there we so. go Arico with a take oh, up there for the up there for the jays takes for the live stream crowd so yeah, gossman it. over anyone not named strider interesting beautiful beautiful sp6 coming off the board with an adp of 29 remember these guys are all clumped together like we said and it used uh it, it's checking out here that's luis castillo and uh, 197 innings last year, most in his career, 3-3-4 ERA. The strikeouts were outstanding. Once again, his uh, first year since 2020, short in 2020. So first full season with a K to walk over 20%. My biggest concern, Ryan, is, and I think it's just the ballpark and the team aspect made him change things. He used to be a very, very heavy ground ball pitcher. This past year, his ground ball dropped to 39%. His fly balls went to over 42.4%. Um, which is just gigantic. They all basically flipped. They're 47 and 33 and a half the year before. They basically flipped uh, this past season because I think he's using the ballpark and the defense around him and maybe pitching for more strikeouts in that regard. Maybe that's why the ratios were a little higher, uh, at least ERA, the whips were down, which is what you want to see. But still a very, very good pitcher. Um, I just any, any guy gets heavy fly ball can always run into some trouble if things don't go the right way. So my pushback on that is yes. So I, I I agree. He did go from ground ball to to fly ball. Uh, that that is pretty much by design. The pitch mix has completely changed for Luis Castillo, yeah. where he has gone from sinker changeup to basically four seam slider. Um, and what that has done for Luis Castillo is it's curbed his walk rate. So yeah. when Luis Castillo had that extreme ground ball tilt, he was throwing that changeup that people could could spit on. You either swing and miss that or you spit on it. The walk rate was pretty elevated for Luis Castillo when he was sinker changeup. And that, uh, the walk rate's gone down from basically 9% to 7%. Doesn't sound like a lot, but Luis Castillo's like Achilles heel was his whip. And um, 108, 110 whip the last two seasons for Luis Castillo since he's gone to this more uh, four-seam slider approach. The last thing I'll add, I put out a tweet this morning about starting pitchers with the highest swinging strike rate on their four seamer, which is very important. It sounds, it sounds like very niche. <laughs> it's very important. If you can miss bats with your four seam fastball, you're uh, you're pretty much golden. Luis Castillo had the highest whiff rate of any starting pitcher on his four seamer. Um, so I think what you're losing in a little bit more home run risk, you're gaining in better control and more strikeouts. And you're also going from that park, Cincinnati to Seattle, um, I think this like Luis Castillo 2.0 version is is freaking awesome. And so um Castillo's well deserving of where he's going in drafts. And 
I'll just tack on the last point I'll make is 187 innings, 150 innings, and 197 the last three years. Like, I think he's got it all except for the fly ball tilt that you mentioned. Yep, and I agree. Like the strikeouts went up, and that's all I care about in the end. Like I, I told a listener that DM'd me the other day that he was comparing pitchers or whatever, and I said well, the only big things I care about. Right? Actually, I wrote it in an article. I think about that. It's going to come out soon. Um, like the reason why, like I love Jesus Lazardo. We'll talk more about him at a later date and time. But he 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 got the innings for me last year, and he's a strikeout machine. Like I can work with, and he had decent ratios. But if you can prove you can strike guys out and you can throw innings. I'll work with improvements elsewhere. And you just mentioned that with Luis Castillo. You got innings, strikeouts are improving. We're good. We're good because you're just one like step away from running real good into a Cy Young type season, which mm-hmm. is uh, what I like to see in your fantasy pitchers. All right. We're about to head into, uh, you know, we had Ryan, uh, Ryan's raise last year. Ugh. We're hitting we're hitting a pocket. Of which which didn't to- end well, I, no. I will, in, in terms of full Drew Rasmussen and Jeffrey Springs. Could have ended well, but did not. Started out Continue. great. Yeah. Um, let's hope it doesn't happen here because these are two of your guys right here. We're going to start with George Kirby, ADP of 34. Kirby threw 190 innings last year, which I did not see coming after 130 the year before. That was quite the jump, and actually about 154 if you count minor league innings. So still a pretty, pretty solid jump for Kirby. Ratios are outstanding. We've talked to death about the whip. Uh, which is what he does very well. A 20% K to walk. Not a heavy strikeout guy, but he doesn't walk anybody. So that's a plus as well. He feels like he's an accumulator like Sandy, but I think he's better. I know you're going to tell me I'm wrong, and I agree with what you're about to say because there are signs I like a lot better. I, everyone remembers I was not a Sandy guy. I'm interested in George Kirby. I very much am. So what is it you like about George Kirby at ADP 34? Dude, he's like that band you discovered when no one liked him on the radio or whatever, and then now he's freaking Billboard well, top forty. I don't even know if that exists. Like I'm, be- I'm becoming an old now. Does. I don't know. If- it does. There's a top. Yeah, there's a top one hundred now. There. Still good. Um, I was like George Kirby. Like this was all. This was back in four K, even before forecaster season. Like George, you're right. George Kirby was my guy. George Kirby's like everyone's guy right yeah. now. Um, and so like the price every. Almost everyone you hear, every podcast you hear will will be raving about George Kirby. Um, and so the price is just, I think he's fully priced. So you brought you bring up a great point about the floor and the whip and the control and all that. Um, this is the first, when we're looking at the chart, the first neutral number yeah. in any of these projections. And that's a white cell for strikeouts. That's 171 strikeouts for George Kirby. Um, that's still pretty good. But when you're having to choose between... 170 strikeouts from Kirby and like 220 from Gossman, 220 maybe from Pablo Lopez. I mean, that's, that's 50 Ks is a lot. That's like, I mean, that's almost like a reliever for yep. a full season. Um, I think the market is pricing in an improvement in strikeouts with George Kirby. And that could happen. George Kirby misses a ton of bats with his four-seam fastball. So I mentioned Luis Castillo with the highest. I think Kirby was fourth highest. In terms of whiffs on the on the four seamer, he does not miss bats with any of his secondary pitches, which is why the strikeout rate is so low. Did throw start throwing a split finger in the middle of the season last year, and the strikeout rate did uptick in the second half for Kirby. I just think the market's like expecting that con- to continue, and it might. Like the dude's super young, and you know, but he's fully priced, man. I, I liked him when, uh, really liked him when no one else did. I'd like him about 10 picks later, if that makes any sense. Yeah. That would be a lot like I, more. It's a tough click. It's a tough click at 34. 
Yeah, it's one of those. If you take him, you need to back it up with like a Peralta later on or something. Yeah, or, right? or, or Singa, yep, somebody yep. like that. You have that. That has to be a part of your game plan. Like you, you're drafting Kirby for his floor and his ratio floor. You got to get those strikeouts somewhere else, or you're going to find a massive hole coming your direction. Yeah. Your other guy, your your big. This is your your 2024 <laughs> boy. Uh, I'm trying to figure out Dude, a phrase properly. You put a lot properly. of pressure on our friend Pablo here. Uh, Hey, Pablo got Nick nominated for video of the year. They're, like, there's pressure. Pablo is Nick Pollock's boy. He's not. He's not. No, mine. he's yours. I, I, I love Nick, but you, when you ranked him fifth in your top twenty, you got my attention, and I critiqued you then because, well, that's what I do. But um, the more we've done things, I'm starting to see where you're coming from. Uh, the ratios for like the four straight year sub, like sub four ERA that works. 194 innings after 180 last year. And um, more importantly, the strikeouts just keep climbing up to 29% K rate, 23.2% K to walk this past year. Why don't you go wax poetic about your boy, Pablo Lopez, and why this ADP of 35s, like he needs to be going you know, earlier in the draft? I, I do think he should be going earlier. I do think he's. I, the market has picked up on him too, though. Yes, they have. Yes, they 35. Have. Pablo Lopez did not used to be 35. No. ADP, he's younger than yeah. 35 he, years old. Um, I don't know. I could go on for too long about Pablo Lopez. That, 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 that I'll, I'll keep it short. The skills were absolutely elite last year. Minnesota knows exactly what they're doing with their starting pitchers. Uh, we will, we will mention other Minnesota twins probably tonight, but definitely on our next episode as well. Um, Pablo Lopez is the only pitcher in baseball with a 15% swinging strike on four different pitches, which is just extremely, extremely hard to do. There was a pitch mix change. He joined the sweeper revolution last season, Lopez throwing at 21% of the time, and it was probably his best pitch outside of the four-seamer. And we're another year removed from the early career shoulder issues that we saw from Pablo Lopez. He was very fragile early in his career, but has thrown 180 and 194 innings over the last two seasons, which is 11th most in baseball. So um, kind of in the back of my, my mind, I could see like the shoulder creeping back up somehow, but it hasn't the last two seasons. Everything else tells me this is an absolute ace. Uh, so, yes, I have a lot of Pablo Lopez, and despite the the thirty five ADP, which is pretty damn high price, um, I'm taking him because also I think he's the last SP true SP one in the pool, and I'm actually excluding George Kirby from that. I think you've got Strider, Cole Wheeler, Burns, Gossman, Castillo, and Lopez. That's that's my crew. All right. Well, that'll be, we'll approach that some more uh, later on in the show because we have a couple listener questions uh, talking about our, our kind of tier at, at SP1 on that. But yeah, I love Lopez. I've been drafting him either on NFBC or underdog. Underdog, I like him a lot. I think there's a lot to like there in that format. But uh, yeah, I'm on board with, with Pablo. You got me. You sold me last time. So I'm with you now. So if he's, if he fails, I will obviously not say anything about it. Oh, if he, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah if he fails man if he fails i fail all right Pablo the, fails we're i don't want to say i don't vote, want to, we're not gonna, shutting this thing down but it's we need we need roto, we need roto wear to make vote for pablo shirts that would be fun yeah. stuff I'm just telling you my, my stupidity runs wild uh the ninth pitcher off the board zach gallon adp of 41 
210 regular innings pitch last year through like another 35 in the postseason or so. So keep that in mind. And that's a listener question we'll discuss more later as well. The ratios are great. Uh, he finished like second or third in the Cy Young this past year. Strikeouts have been good. It's just he's put up consistent production uh, at least two straight years now, which I love to see. I guess the only concern if, to me, if you really want to get picky, would be that postseason workload, if that's what you want to point to. But I kind of, you know, grain of straw type stuff there. If that's what your your final point is, he's going to be 28 this year. So not too worried about him. Not too worried about. I just think of him more as like a mid three ZRA guy, and it's it's funny kind of saying that and seeing a mid three ZRA projection for like everyone ahead of him. Which again, I, I, I talked about projections for pitchers at the top. Uh, I'm not sure I, I'm buying that. Um, I think Gallon's just fine. I don't think there's another level here though. Like I feel like he's more of an SP two and a, and a, a if you're looking at the pitcher pool at a higher level. I just think he's a pretty far step back from the other guys we've talked about. And I do think there are a couple other starting pitchers. Again, just my personal preference that I would take later um, that are going behind Zach Gallon. So probably not ending up with him knowing that's, I think, a pretty safe a pretty safe floor. I just don't know the ceiling with, with Gallon. I, I worry a little bit about the strikeouts. He's projected for 192 here by ATC. The swinging strike was just 11.2%, which is below average. And and I use swinging strike all the time to kind of check that against uh, strikeout rate. So uh, I don't know. Mid three, mid three ZRA guy with like an okay K rate doesn't scream like anchor to me. Yep. Yeah, he's done well for me in the past. Uh, there are other guys I might be interested in as well. It does start to get bleaker because I do believe innings and strikeouts, Gallon still will produce quite a bit. But, um, Speaking of speaking of innings or lack of innings, let me uh, let me play host for just a second and introduce (laughs) your boy, Tyler, made of glass now, ADP 41. What do we have on glass now, Bubba? 120 innings pitched last year. That's like a career high. That's a career high. That's good. So we're going to be good for like 150, 160 this year, which when you look at his strikeout stuff, it's Strider-esque which we'll go with that, or Freddie Peralta-esque, if you want to. Uh, 33% K rate last year. He's been over 30% K rate all the way since 2019. Uh, K to walk is outstanding. The The ratios are electric, 106, 0.9, 0.93, 113, 0.89. The guy is great when he's on the mound. No one can argue that. The question like you're hinting at is, when will he be on the mound? I'm going with he's healthy right now. He's in L.A. They're talking about doing the six-man rotation until that fails, of course. But I like Glass now. I think, obviously, if he stays healthy, this guy does not deserve to be the 10th pitcher off the board. He's much higher than that. It's just a risk. Are you willing to take it? Yep. Yep. Um, I do think the six-man rotation is somewhat important in weekly leagues where you're just not going to get many two-start weeks from Tyler Glass now. And I think L.A., like, it is a good sign that the Dodgers not only traded for Glass now, and I don't know if this happened when we did our top 20, that glass now trade happen? I don't think so. Or was he still on the Rays? I think he was still on the Rays because we did that pretty early. That was like a that late was November, pretty early. December. We'll, ju- th- we'll just yeah. assume it was before because, um, well, neither of us remember. So um, I, I think the trade to LA is a net positive because not only, I mean, I appeal to authority, trust the LA organization. Not only did they trade for him, they did ink Tyler Glass now to a five year, whatever, 
million hundreds of millions of dollars deferred for the next 40 years probably so yeah there's there's the giants fan coming out coming out um i think that's i mean that shows faith from a smart organization that glass now at least long term can hold up i do wonder like innings wise even if glass now stays healthy is la really going to push him that far like in the second half best case again if glass now is pitching in the second half which he you know, hasn't been able to make it through a full season. So, um, I, I yeah, I'll, I'll give you Tyler Glass now is probably a top five pitcher, even if he goes like 160, 170 innings. Just think the chance of that is really small, and he's going at a price. He's the 10th starter off the board where that's your SP1. And that's my, I don't feel good about that. My question for you. This time last year, we were sitting there talking about Jacob deGrom, and I know deGrom has been outstanding. We kept saying if he can throw 140, 150 innings, is he worth X? Um, Glasnow is not far off that type of production that Degrom was showing. Like ratios, maybe, but strikeout stuff, pretty darn similar. I think we can we can agree upon at least pretty close to that. So why, if we're saying 150 innings of Glasnow, why is that? Why do you need 170? Because uh, I I don't think Glasnow is as good as Degrom. I thought I thought peak Degrom was like. No, Peak DeGrom was a different level. He was, Strider. he was Strider. He's better than Strider. Yeah, but I'm saying, like, so if we're saying 140 innings of DeGrom, so you want 160 or 170 of Glass on to kind of get that same bump? Yeah. Yeah, so I've got – so I, I do I do my own pitcher projections. I've got Glass now projected for 320 ERA, 110 whip, 33% K rate, and, well, I should update that, 10 wins. I'll give him, like, 13 going to L.A. Yeah. Um, he needs a hundred and again, this is just my projections. Like this is probably terrible, but he needs 140 innings to return his value in terms of ranking above starting of other starting pitchers. If I give glass now 160 and maybe I'll give him another win. He's the number three starting pitcher. There we go. So I'll take my chances at 160. that he's a 12 team play 15. I would not feel comfortable with it. 12 team. You can dance because he could be your SP two in a twelve team, depending on how you want to draft. Yep, I agree. And, and there's and there's room even if you take him at one. There's some names coming up here that you could easily piggyback real quick and in a twelve feel a lot better about. Maybe so. we add Glass now to the bet board, but I don't know what it would be. I don't want to do innings because then like I'm cheering for him to get hurt, and that's and really that's bad shitty. karma. That's when, Pablo, <laughs> that's, that's, when Pablo Lo, that's when Pablo Lopez goes down <laughs> and karma karma for you right there. Uh, we'll think of do, something around him. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to say it out loud now, but we'll we'll see things and uh, and figure it out from there. All right, let's stick with the Dodgers. ADP of 44, the 11th pitcher off the board. We, we when this happened, the the Yamamoto sighting took place the night we did our top 20. I remember that very clearly because we changed our rankings at the last minute. That's right. Yeah, I think we both had him around like 12 or 13, maybe 15 at the lowest, something in that range. He's coming in at 11 right now, folks, and um, people love Yamamoto. The projections are pretty fair. On Yamamoto, I have zero shares of Yamamoto. Like I'd rather gamble on Glass now than Yamamoto. Yeah, and I and I I apologize to the listeners who want some type of like detailed good Yamamoto analysis. I just I don't know enough. Like yeah. yes, you can read some scouting reports and see his his stats overseas and that sort of thing. It's just for me, it's an unknown commodity, and I don't like drafting unknown commodities in the top forty five, top eighty picks and so uh you know i've mentioned this plenty of times but this this may be a blind spot in our games where we're not willing to i don't want to say take a risk uh but make those type of picks 
early in rounds because we could very well miss out based on what we're hearing and based on the team context and all that stuff. We could very well miss out on a on a great year. But like I, I don't know. It's it's not a pick I'm I'm making in the top for my SP one SP two. I just I need to know more um, and see more about uh, about some of these guys. So hundred percent with you. It's how I feel about the next guy, Tariq Skubal, ADP of forty nine. I will, no one can deny how amazing he was when he came back last year. 80 innings, 280 RAs, exit 256. Strikeouts were just pure insanity, 33% K rate, 4.5% walk to top it off for 28.4% K to walk. He was great. Like on every aspect of, of the game, great. People have talked about his cookie cutter schedule he had, but he still dealt. Like I, I say, yes, there is there is something to the schedule, but in the end, the guy was filthy. He was dominating. Like, regardless of the schedule, he was still pretty damn good. But for me, like, if we're going to pick on Glass now, why are we not picking on Scooble? And some people are just completely ignoring that, and they're all in on Tariq Scooble. So that, that I have concerns on Scooble still, too. And uh, I think he's great. I, I just rather take Glass now eight picks earlier if I'm going to pick between the two. Yeah, it, it would. And I'm, saying, I'm not saying people are doing that out there. It would be interesting to be down on glass now but high on scoobal um i guess i don't know and maybe they're not but i just hear so yeah, much more scoobal talk they, they are kind of in the same i feel like they are uh, they are of the same ilk and so anyone listening can probably predict what i'm going to say about Tariq scoobal and that i'm out. not going to draft the guy <laughs> so, um on I mean, to the next guy no, okay. on to the next guy i just i need to see more than a half uh half season that said so we have a good mutual friend, Carlos Marcano, who yes. was just uh, uh, nominated as a finalist, I believe, for multiple for writer baseball writer of the year and article of the year. He's and been deservedly nominated so. recent years too. He's been he crushes. Yep. He has a system called Specs, and if you're interested in it, uh, just DM me. I can I don't have the link handy, but it's basically like to put it very very quickly, it's strikeout minus walk like on steroids. Yeah, it's awesome. It's um, it's it's a single number that uses pitcher skills and 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 put puts it in a number. Um, obviously, much more complex than that. But again, uh, if you're interested, let me know. Tariq Skubal got a perfect spec score is a hundred. Tariq Skubal got a perfect hundred along with Spencer Strider. So, like, even though I'm saying I'm out on Skubal, I the ceiling, I I the ceiling is glass now esque. With without as much injury risk, so like, I I get it. It's wait, just, wait, 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 wait. How can you say without as much injury risk? Because he finished the season healthy. Okay. And he yeah. dealt in the second half. That's fair. Okay. Okay. You're right. Can't, can't argue that. That's fair. That's my. I mean, maybe that's not a thing, but that's my. That's no, my that's Zach fair. Allen rule. Um, well, yeah, he threw 80 in the yeah. second half. So if you could just duplicate that, we're talking 150, 160, maybe. And that could be a, like, there's your bet, Glassman for Scooble, possibly. Like that's that could be interesting. Not that not that you want to side on that, but that that'd be an interesting end of season mm-hmm. discussion point yep. between those yep. two. And they're eight um, picks apart, so yeah, it's a pretty fair window. But yeah, if anybody wants to specs, I I, I, sh- I usually have Carlos on in the preseason to talk about his updated rankings on that. It, it's amazing stuff. It's it's really really good and really good for in season stuff as well, especially in uh, the relief pitching department. So check Great. it out. Yep. Um, all right, Aaron Nola, the conundrum, the yearly conundrum. Like this, it's almost like you can just listen to last year's preview and then the year before that's preview. And we're probably the same conversation about Aaron Nola time and time again. Uh, ADP at 53 right now, 
Last year was an odd year, so we had the bad Aaron Nola. That's the lazy analysis. But four four six ERA after three two five, then four six three, then three two eight, and so on and so forth. But what Nola does is he throws innings. 193 again after 205, after 180, after 202, after 212. That's what he does. And he strikes out a ton of dudes. And unlike Lance Lynn, he doesn't get destroyed all the time. So um, I'm still a huge fan of Nola. I, I, I At least this year, it feels like his ADP is a little lower, so mm-hmm. he, he can fit as an SP2, and that feels real real fun, all things considered. So I don't have anything bad to say about Nola. Just know that it's a roller coaster ride of emotions. Don't watch his starts. That's the oh, best thing no. I can say. Don't watch his starts. No, and I I'm shocked at what I'm about. It's like six months ago, me. Oh no, is going to be like what the oh, hell no. are you talking about? Because yeah, I have a I have Aaron Nola every year, everywhere, You're and out. it is a it is it's tough, it's tough. Um, so everything you just said is true. Like bad year last year, and I know I'm going to nitpick and kind of pick some stats here. But there were only 10 pitchers in baseball uh, last year that had a 115 whip and 200 strikeouts. Aaron Nola, in a bad year, was one of those 10. Um, I believe eight of those other 10 are guys we've already talked about. So Pretty good. And he's 13 um, on this list. So, yeah. and, he, and Nola's going 13th on this list. So I understand, like, yes, the ERA there is, and he gets pounded. Like, there's some, there's some home run issues there. Um, but I just still feel like the volume, the, the strikeouts, four straight years, the last four full seasons, Aaron Nola has had 200 plus strikeouts. Hell, he had 96 strikeouts in the COVID year. Yeah. He's legit, dude. <laughs> I guess. Um, so it's just like every, I, I just, the, the roller coaster of emotions and, and, and Aaron Nola-ing, um, uh, is a thing. Like it's, it's, there's some brutal starts in there. But we focus on ERA so much that uh, Aaron Nola again was was one of those ten with that with that strikeout whip combo. And again, in a in a year where everyone says he was terrible, um, that, I'm just I'm, I'm making the case for Aaron Nola. I totally understand why you would not draft him uh, 49. We've got a listener question about that a little bit later, so I won't steal that thunder. But uh, or sorry, at 53 is the ADP. But uh, I don't know. I'm I'm still I'm a sucker, man. I think I'm probably going back in if the price is in the fourth round or fifth round for twelve teamers. Yeah, and if you're like in a points league, really strong because he goes quality starts. He goes the, the innings are huge, the strikeouts are huge. It can negate some of the roughness that takes place there with Aaron Nola, Freddie Peralta, the cover boy for this show. It feels like uh, he just amazing. ADP of fifty five. The second half was one of the best second halves you've seen in baseball. Strikeouts were awesome. He was healthy. The only caveat I'll say, which could make this even better, there's a chance he's traded too. So just going to throw that out there. Like he, He's on the block, I would say. He's got an extra year of control, kind of like Dylan Cease does. So I have to see how picky the Brewers are. We saw they didn't, do, they didn't send Burns away early for the same reason. So maybe they don't. But at this point, the Brewers like have not. Like it's why? What are we doing here? So if he gets traded, that could be really fun. But regardless... The dude's gonna go out there every fifth day unless he gets hurt, and he's a, he's an absolute beast. He is, he is, and and this is where I maybe going against kind of what I just said about Glassdown and Scuba. Like I do think there is some some volume risk with Peralta, although maybe not as much. I mean, 144 innings in 2021, 78 in 2022, 165 last year. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. He, he, 
I'd take I'd take one if he just repeated last year did 165 again, and if we got that second half version of Freddie Peralta, which you you mentioned was one of the best pitchers in baseball, his K to walk was the best. It was like 30 percent of any pitcher in baseball in the second half last year, um, and he's not just Fred fastball Freddie anymore. Freddie Peralta does throw four seamers 50% of the time, but he's also got slider, slider changeup, and curveball that all miss bats uh, with a combination of some that get ground balls that he throws for strikes. Like I, I think the arsenal's there. Freddie Peralta just needs to kind of piece it together for an entire season. That That's what we're waiting on. Um, if that happens, Freddie Peralta is a top 10 pitcher. Easy. Maybe knocking on the door top five. Um, so I, I, I'm – and it's it's just funny, like him next to Aaron Nola, the dichotomy there. <laughs> uh, and then Scooble before Nola, like Nola's sandwiched between I think two of the more volatile starting pitchers out there. But um, I don't know. Yeah, maybe it's just weird that I'm willing to take the chance on Peralta, but not Scooble or Glass now. I don't know. Uh, the one grain, of, or you know, if I had to be somewhat negative on Peralta, the only concern I might have for him is. If you look at the rest of the Milwaukee pitching staff, it is so bad that they just need Peralta to be out there as much as possible. So that, like, he might be, uh, you know, let's throw him for one more inning thing, which we've seen with Nola. That was the Nola thing a lot. It's just true. be prepared for those kind of scenarios. It's like, like yeah, it's like Colin Ray went an inning yeah. and a third last night. Our bullpen's gassed. Hey, Freddie, can yeah. you go eight? It feels like it feels like there's gonna be a couple of those starts where it's like, why is he going back out there? What are we doing? And there's like four more runs. Like it just feels like it's coming yeah. to Milwaukee this year. But you can't really, you know, that's just pure. Wait, wait, Miley through 80 pitches in two thirds of an inning. Bullpen exactly. now. It's uh, a rough staff. Rough staff. That's a good point. The 15th starting pitcher off the board, an ADP of 57 right now is my oh, man. It's your boy. My man. I'm out of, I'll be back in five minutes. Yep, Logan Webb. This guy is amazing. 216 innings pitched last year. Got Cy Young votes this past year after 192 innings pitched the year before. Ratios have been great for the third straight season. 325 ERA, 295 XFIP last year. And uh, he, he just he's, he's, he's amazing. He had a 316 Sierra for Granite Loud. And one thing I love about him, and I said this last year on the preview show, the thing with Webb is you just look year to year, it's like a different profile almost every time he – he goes out there because he's always working on things. He's always trying to mix up his pitches. He was like a heavy ground ball guy that didn't strike guys out. That was a year after he was a big-time strikeout guy. And then this last year he got back to being a strikeout guy but still got ground balls. It's amazing what happens when you're so young. He's only 27 people. Like he's still like developing as a pitcher on the mound. I love Logan Webb. The dude's a bulldog. Uh, he hates getting the ball taken away from him. I've watched that a lot. Uh, the Giants don't score any runs for him, so you might not get any wins. But ratios, innings, and just because of those innings, he'll get enough strikeouts for you that, um, like, if you like Kirby, minus the whip, this is pretty darn good right here. Yeah. Um, which I think speaks to us saying Kirby might be a little overpriced because yep. what's the difference between Kirby and uh, – who the hell are we Webb. talking Logan Webb. Like, I don't – yeah. There may not be much. You made you make a really good point, and I this is this is a hole in my game. I see the twenty three percent strikeout rate for Logan Webb last year, and I go, ah, he's not that much of a strikeout guy. But when you pair it with the two hundred sixteen innings that he threw, like the actual number of strikeouts was pretty good. Sixty um, percent ground ball rate guy, and I've made this point on the podcast before that uh, once you get so like fifty percent, you're an elite ground ball guy. But once you get to 55 to 60, 
the like the uh what is it like your rate of return for lack of a better term gets exponentially better and for logan webb to be sitting in the 60 percent in terms of ground ball rate um that's really good the uh two downsides to logan webb you mentioned one sorry to to twist oh, the knife on your sorry. giants the win potential's kind of not there um i worry i do worry though about the strikeout so i'm gonna say the swinging strike rate for logan webb Two years ago was 12.5%, a little bit better than league average. Went down to 10.6% last year, which is pretty bad. Went down even further to 9%. Like, did not miss many bats. And maybe that's his approach thing. You've watched him a ton more than me. But uh, I do worry about the lack of whiffs with Logan Webb. I think that's why we got an uptick in innings, personally. I think he was trying to get deeper into games. Like, it, just watching that Giants team, it's kind of how I said with uh, Peralta having to throw innings, like, they needed Webb to throw seven innings to start. Like, that was just kind of the brass tacks of it. So, it kind of like, if he needed to get strikeouts, he became a strikeout pitcher. But for the most part, use that 60% ground ball rate. That's, yeah. like, what it just kind of felt like watching Webb. Could be totally wrong, but... The fact is he has stuff that he can get swing and miss if he needs it, just doesn't utilize it enough. That's the the, the million-dollar question. So we'll see. Next guy is just identical to, say, to Logan Webb. Yeah, so it's when, interesting. When you mentioned the Webb thing about yeah, like the innings give us the strikeouts, and it's like Framber Valdez is that dude too. Like yeah. ADP of 59. We love Framber because he throws so many innings, gets a million ground balls, but he only gets the strikeouts because of the innings. He's not really a dominant strikeout guy. But he like that. we just love Framber for what he does. Had that hiccup last year, but in the end, Still, I love actually the drop. I think if he didn't have that hiccup, he'd be going probably 10 to 15 picks higher. Right now, he can still get him at an ADP of 59, almost on the back end, around five. So I like Framber. I'm still in on Framber. I think he's a great SP2. Um, I doubt he's your SP3 unless you're like crazy aggressive. But uh, what's your thoughts on Framber? Um, yeah, I, 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 I'd push back on a million ground ball. Let's say like half million. <laughs> uh, the ground ball rate and this was a big thing with Vrant Framber and, it, and actually it does matter like he was at 70% ground balls the previous two seasons which is just nuts and that did drop like a lot down to 54% last year so I think that was somewhat of a driver between Valdez's lack of effectiveness um, it's it's just interesting to compare him like would you take Framber or Webb I'd take Webb but but you're probably getting five more wins unless you're gonna get a lot more wins with framber the second i said that out loud i'm like yeah it's tough. probably 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 the next guy freb yeah i'd probably take the next guy but out of these two give me framber actually i hate to say that god that sucks it's close the projections are pretty much identical 343 to 340 era 117 to 120 whip more strikeouts 15 strikeouts but i mean who knows but yeah um the wins is a big differentiator probably Webb did finish i mean better than framber which matters too i don't know yep we'll see i'm not answering the question i just want to ask you that's fine put me on the spot it's only fair it's only fair the next guy the 17th pitcher off the board adp of 62 is max freed Love me, Max Free. We talked a lot about him in our top 20. I kind of started swinging Ryan in the right direction on this one. It felt like at that time. We'll see where he stands tonight. But uh, he was injured a lot last year, still ended up with 77 innings, and he finished very strong is what I like to see. Uh, overall, the ratios were good. But if you look at um, you look what we got from Mr. Freed, his second-half stats were pretty much, uh, you know, the 51 innings he threw in the second half, 279 ERA, which is still very, very good. 
And uh, when you go deeper into these first half, second half stats, 20, almost over 26% K rate, 20.7% K to walk. Um, I love me some Max Freed and I continue to. I don't care if he's a heavy fly ball guy. That's been, that's how he's been his whole career. That's who he is. Uh, give me Max Freed. He's now he's pretty big ground ball guy. He'd, well, that's shifted because it felt like that was not the case before. Yeah, last year he had 58%. So well, let me double check. Yeah, now you got me checking it while you're talking. Because I used to be percent ground ball last year. Yeah, which is it, that was a big improvement. Yeah. Okay. Which is actually good. more than Framber, which is kind of crazy. Um yeah. He's, and he had, but he also had one of his highest home run of fly balls last year. That's crazy too. Yeah. But when you only have like a 25% fly ball rate, doesn't really matter that much. Yeah, um, that's very true. I'm conflicted. I'm still conflicted. Like, I think we're just I feel like Max Fried's like 25 years old. <laughs> but he's 30. He's a lot older than, and maybe that's just me. Like I still think of him as like a prospect, but obviously he's not. And I do think we are giving him a pass for that forearm injury last year. Uh, but again, I can't sit here and, and say I'm worried about Max Fried when I'm talking about how other guys finished the season strong because he laid out the case very well, second half Freed. So um, I get the Max Fried pick. However, I like uh, I like Grayson Rodriguez, who we're going to talk about next, and Logan Gilbert more than Max Freed. So I'm probably not grabbing uh, Freed in drafts, but I totally get the point. And there is, I don't think you mentioned the team context, but should get a ton of yes. wins. Run support will be a support. plenty. Yeah, plenty so. in Atlanta. Uh, next up is Grace Rodriguez, ADP of 64. And I'm kind of with you as much as I like Freed. Like I, I, we talk about safety picks. Well, we're kind of out of the safety range in my mind. We start talking SP2 guys. Grace Rodriguez ceilings through the roof, it feels like. Uh, we talked in depth about his second half success when he made his pitch mix changes. And I think we even said on that show, if he were to do that for a, like if we saw more of that guy for a full season, he's one of your dark horse Cy Young guys we were talking about. Like, it was a listener question on that show. So I'm with you on Grace, and I'm I'm a big big fan of what we saw from Grace Rodriguez. Yeah, and I get I get annoyed sometimes, and I say it all the time. It's like, oh yeah, if he does this second half for the full season, I mean, I just yeah. said it with Freddie Peralta. Yeah. Um, but with Grayson, like I think it's reasonable to believe that, given the youth, given the prospect pedigree, and given the like sheer transformation that we saw from Grayson. It wasn't just like Grayson was in the majors all of last year and ran hot in the second half. He got sent down, came back with more velocity ton more whiffs better control um and i i and i mean that park the run support like i do think it's fair to i don't want to say expect that second half all year because that's pretty damn lofty but like yeah grayson rodriguez i think the future is very bright and i think the future is <laughs> 2024 for the guy um yep. just the changes we saw were 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 tangible. You could see it, and uh, they were obviously very effective for him. Yep, hard hard to disagree with that. Uh, Blake Snell, 19th <laughs> off the board, ADP of 64. I unemployed Blake Snell. Thank you, Scott Boris, for that one. Uh, Cy Young season, the guy was electric. We know that. It's always been the case if he stays healthy. He's usually pretty darn good, especially in the strikeout departments. Um, still walked a ton of guys, but I think it's been well-documented and talked about on a lot of shows, I know my show's talked about it with different people. He misses almost on purpose. That's the way he pitches. So it's not just like he's wild or something. It's kind of his blueprint. But I don't know where he's going, and the idea of him throwing a Cy Young season back-to-back -back is not likely. So I haven't, I haven't gotten as much shares as I thought I would. 
So Blake Snell previously won the Cy Young in 2018. Yep. Want to guess it. what he Do did it. the year after? Well, he probably got hurt or just completely crapped the bed. Yep. 107 innings of a 429 ERA, 127 whip. Yep. Pretty, pretty bad. Um, uh, he's just too volatile for me. Too volatile for me. And I get the like, yes, he's that, you know, that's, that's his approach. He can kind of do what he wants. He's walking people on purpose because he doesn't want to give in. I kind of buy that, but like, why didn't, what, where was that in back, 2019 and 2021? Tremendously. Exactly. Like that, that approach can backfire if your command is off at all, at all. And that can come and go. And so like, there, there are a ton of reasons to like Blake Snell. I, he doesn't even need to touch what he did last year and return value here. Uh, the Ks, like the ATC projection, 192 strikeouts, I'd take the the heavy over on that. Um, like the Ks are great, but I don't know. I just see I just see a bunch of uh, or a few four-plus ERA seasons with like less than 130 innings, and I don't know. There's just there's some downside. Very interested to see what not just where he goes, but what his contract looks like. That'll be a very deciding factor, and we could see his ADP change when that takes place as well, potentially. Yeah. Uh, the last guy we'll talk about tonight with the 20th pitcher off the board, the second Seattle Mariner off the board here, Logan Gilbert, ADP of 65. Uh, Gilbert, when I dug in on him recently, I was just shocked. 190 innings after 185 last year. You know, three seven three ERA. The biggest thing that kind of always rubs me weird is that he just doesn't rack up as many Ks as you'd expect, potentially. They're still good because he throws so many innings. Don't get me wrong. 189 Ks last year, 174 the year before. Very good. It just feels like when I think Logan Gilbert, I'm thinking it's like elite, like just dominating strikeout guy. That is not him. He's still very good. but uh, And he could make another step. Like he's still so young. The fact he's shown the innings durability in two straight years, um, I'm a big fan of that. So I've been growing more on the Logan Gilbert side. We'll talk about it next episode too. I'm growing more into this whole like Mariner staff. It's ridiculous. So yeah, give me some Logan Gilbert. Yeah. Uh, I like Logan Gilbert more than Blake Snell, more than Grayson, more than Max Freed, more than Valdez, more than, Grayson, huh? more than yes. Uh, more than Webb, more than Scooble. Taking him over Yamamoto. I'm taking him over Glass now. You skipped somebody there, Ryan. You skipped somebody. What about Paul? Yeah, no, I didn't say Freddie. Can't go against my man. Uh, Can't go against my man. Logan Gilbert, like, so you covered it well. Um, This is all built on a foundation of an innings floor. So the innings is very impressive to me. Logan Gilbert, um, you mentioned the case. I think there's quite a bit of strikeout upside with Logan Gilbert. he had, let's see, in the forecast, we gave him an upside of 215 Ks. This swinging strike rate went up last year by a point and a half almost. He added a new splitter, threw it 15% of the time, and it missed bats at a 20% clip. And he's throwing his four-seam fastball fewer and fewer in each of his three years that he's been in the majors. So I just think Logan Gilbert, and yeah, he's still 27. Like, I still think this is... You know, we don't, I I still think there's another level here for Logan Gilbert. And even if there's not, you get what we got last year, which if I look up in the player Raider, Logan Gilbert on per the Rasball player Raider was the number 17 pitcher overall last year. And again, I don't know how that valuation works, but like, even if he just repeats what he did last year, Gilbert's good. And again, given, given the uptick in whiffs, given the, the splitter, given what Seattle's doing, 
I think there's a top 10 ceiling here. And I don't, not even like ceiling, but like upper three quarters of the room. He can get I might have high. missed, I might have misheard you in your, your list of people you take over. Would you take him over Kirby? Uh, I would, I'd take Kirby over Gilbert. Okay. Last year, they're going side by side. That's why it's a fun little differentiation. But now. they're not that different, man. Well, like, and for, like for an ADP gap of 34 to 65? Yeah, that's my point. That's uh, At price, I'd take Gilbert. There you go. There it is. Okay. Perfect. Oh, I like him, obviously. All right. 20 pitchers in the books. We'll get continue on this list on Thursday. But we got a bunch of listener questions, which you absolutely crushed everybody. So we're going to get these ones and knock them all out for you as usual. And we'll start with our buddy, Ben Tidd. Since no one seems to be interested in starting pitching, Wink, <laughs> I'm I'd curious to know who's the last starter you'd be comfortable with as your SP1. Uh, yeah, I spoiled this one earlier, didn't I? Um, I would say Pablo Lopez at 35 ADP, and he's the eighth pitcher off the board. So I'd say there's seven SP1s because I'm not including Kirby in that discussion. Seven SP1s for me, and I I – absolutely want to grab one if i can i definitely want to get one i'd be willing to throw gallon into the mix just because i trust the innings floor which i want from an ace that's where i i factor that in so it's more like seven and a half i'll say do i love the idea of having gallon no but if i have to i can live with gallon as my sp1 so that that's kind of where i land there and i'm with you on kirby the more we talk about him it's just I believe the talent. I believe he's better than the way sandy was in years past but just i hate accumulators as my ace i hate it and that feels like what he has to do to be super successful thomas travato asks how do we make sure to pick the right pitcher where we do side by sides at the yeah. end of the year he did that yeah. tongue-in-cheek by the way because that was a discussion we did the review last time it was like this guy and this guy and it was like if you pick the wrong guy you were screwed but to, uh, so i mean but just real quick like yeah. so we talked about wheeler burns gossman castillo kirby lopez all going within 10 picks they're not all going to be that good yeah, at least they're not them. At least half of them probably screwed up. At you. least half of them. I'm, I mean, yeah. to, to go back to this conversation last year, it was like Max Scherzer. It was Brandon Woodruff. It was So, like, your fantasy season will depend on whether you pick the right pitcher or not in that group. Or will highly depend on that. You and can I, get past I, it. but I know. We, I think we mentioned it last episode. I told you about it. I did that five-part series on ADP. Yeah. Um, go back and, li- and read rounds three, four, and five. That's where a lot of those guys are going right there. Go see how many busts. Bieber, Scherzer. Bieber, yes. Urias. Uh, there were so many of them in those rounds that busted. Like So many more busted than actually came through in those rounds. It was disgusting to write. Like just, It made you go back and think that as much as we think we know what we're talking about, it's literally you're just yeah, like hoping and praying, folks. That's Agreed. Wild. Well said. Um, the next one we got here, Thomas or Thomas, uh, where did I put it? Yeah, he had an actual question, I think. I after forget. that, oh, I think I deleted it. I'll have to go, I'll look it up here in a minute and find him one. Um, I know he did. First world problem says, which currently healthy pitcher going outside the top 80 has the best chance to be drafted in the top 30 next year? I'm guessing top 80 ADP or top 80 SP, probably top 80 SP. Okay, so let me pull because the now. board that I tweeted was the top yeah. 30 SP. Okay, very good. That's point. a tough one. I don't have the I gotta pull up the I just pull up my ADP. It's so a top 80. Um I, I still I, Lazaro's my dude. I'm saying right now. He's at he's right at 80 right now. 
Lizardo? Yeah. No, no, ADSP. ADSP. Oh. That's like Evaldi, Savali. Well, he's outside. He's just around top 30. Never mind. I was using ADP. I'm an idiot. Um, Top 30. I'll go. Um, I mean, this is. I'll go Brandon Fott or that's Nick just who Lodolo. I was looking at. Yeah, Brandon Fott would be like I've been taking him in a lot of drafts. Like, that's the guy I literally look at him, and then um, Bryce Miller would be another guy. That Brian Rue, Bryce okay. Miller. I'd I'd be willing to say one of the two of them finds their way in the top thirty next year. Notice I'm not saying Christopher Sanchez, who is my favorite. I think Lodolo has a higher ceiling. So if that's the question to get into the top thirty, I'll go Lodolo. That is your boy. Um, all right, next one here. Dish 12 says, using each five-pitcher block as a tier, which pitchers do you guys think finished the year in the tier above? Which pitchers finished in the tier below? Okay, so our five SP 5 to 10 tier, I'll, for above, I'll, I got to say Pablo Lopez. So number seven pitcher off the board, I think he goes top five. What about your who goes from third to second on your end? Third tier to the second. Um I'd be willing to say Freddie Peralta. Agreed. What about you in his tier four? Logan Gilbert will go. He's the 20th off the board. I think he's a top 15 starter. Uh, I like tier five quite a bit, actually. Uh, we, I know we didn't talk about him, but I'll just throw it, in, I'll throw it out there for him since we have the board up. Um, I'll go Lazardo just because I'm biased, but I like a few guys in that tier. Yeah, we'll dive into that group next. Uh, yeah, what about episode, tier six? Tier six kind of, who's that last dude? Who's who's SP third? Dylan Cease. Oh, that ain't the guy jumping. Don't don't make me throw up in my mouth. Um, I guess I'll say Justin Steele, but yeah, I go Bybee. Yeah. Eh, we'll have a we'll, we'll have we a got, disagreement. We next got a listener question I'll on Bybee. We got a listener question on Bybee, so we'll talk yeah. about him. Um, who's going backwards from tier one to tier two? Burn. He asked about both. Burns back from one to two. That's fair. From two to three, I will say. You want? I'm gonna say George Kirby. Yep. And again, these are five five pitcher groupings. So when we say two to three, it's yeah. five to ten down to ten to fifteen. Um, the next group, I'll go Scooble down a couple tiers. That's fair. The next tier, I will say Blake Snell. That's pretty much easy for me. We'll drop out of the top twenty. Yep. Gotcha. What do you have from twenty one to twenty five going backwards? Ooh, it's a tough one. None of the above. Yeah. Kode, yeah, Kode Senga? Group. I'll say Senga, I guess. Great tier, it's man. Tough. That's a fun tier. If you could double tap the tier, it's going to be a fun way to start next week. Um, 26 to 30. I'm dealing cease. That's just lazy, but that's what I'll take. Um, yeah, we'll leave it at that on that one. Good question. Dish, I found Thomas Travato's other question. I guess I should post a legit question. What pitchers are the riskiest profiles in your top 20 and why? Made of glass now. Yeah, so I, was, I, was, I literally was silent to hear you say it. Uh, it's pretty much a glass now, Scooble. Uh, just guys that throw the innings to me. Peralta, because we've seen it, but have we seen it enough? Yep. Snell, similar. Like Just those guys that have not shown the consistency for innings for me in top 20. I think there's also just one thing if you're, since we just kind of repeat ourselves, you could look at age as well. There are a couple older pitchers, like a especially, wheeler. Especially early. Yep. Cole Wheeler, yep. uh, Gossman's early 30s, Castillo's like 33. Like they're all, they're not old, old, but they're they're getting up there in age. Uh, Simon P says, pitcher with best chance to shoot up to the top five and one to fall down out of your top 30. So out of this list, who's your best option to get into the top five? 
Um, just to mix it up a little bit, just going for pure ceiling, I'll go Grayson Rodriguez could be a top five pitcher yeah, going. You just said Logan 64. Gilbert could be number three, and he went Grayson Rodriguez. So I think Grayson has a higher <laughs> here's my here's my defense. You're you're asked trying to call me out. I think Grayson's got a higher ceiling. I think Logan has a better chance of getting to a somewhat lower ceiling. That makes that's, sense. That's fair. That's fair. Um top five. If all goes well, I can't use Lazardo for everything. I don't think he's top five viable. <laughs> Especially because um, we didn't really even yeah. talk about I'll him. go Freddie Peralta. There we go. If he were to throw 170 innings, I think he's top five viable. Uh, who's who is one of these in the that uh, falls out of the top 30? Good question. I'll, I'll stick to the the top twenty that we mentioned. Yeah. Um, I'll say, I'll actually say either Framber or Webb. That's fair, because if they struggle at all, they're if they struggle at all. They yeah. don't have the K's to fall back on, and yeah, I'll go. Also, I'll go Framber or Webb. I'll, I'll at least realize a potentially lower floor with those two guys. I'll say Blake Snow. Blake Snow. Yeah, regression monster coming. Uh, BP at Futures Bet says. Will Tanner Bybee be on the left side of this graphic next year? I believe he will be. I believe he won't be. And we'll, we'll save that for uh, the we'll next episode. Save that for next week. Yes, that'll or be Thursday. Fun. Thursday's episode. That will be a doozy. Uh, a couple more questions for you here. Colin, my shocked. He says, number one, he's got two questions. One, between regular season and postseason, Gallon through 243 innings. Is this a concern for you guys at all when considering it? A slight concern, but I'm trying to look past it. But it is worth noting it's worth noting because that's a that's a big number especially yeah. in today's game yep um i don't know like i said at the top trying to predict pitcher injuries it's like good luck yeah his second his second uh, question was eno wrote that nola's last three fantasy finishes among starting pitchers are 58th 18th 51st should he be going in the sp 30-ish range closer to eflin and cease instead of the top 15 uh, no, just because the ceiling is much different than those two, in my opinion. Yeah, and I don't want to get into like a valuation thing. I mean, Colin knows more about valuations than I do. Um, I'm not sure how Aranola finished 58th last year. Like, so I mentioned the K's in the whip, and he's had 12 wins. That seems 58 seems pretty low. Um, I just looked at the Rasball player rater for last year, and Aranola was 39th. Um, so again, I don't. I don't know, uh, but I just I think Aaron Nola is fine at the price. If you if you believe the Rasball thing and he's 39th and on a off coming off a bad year, if you think that's his floor, Aaron Nola is the what 13th pitcher off the board. Like I don't know. Yeah, there's upside. There's more upside with him than those other guys we mentioned, in my opinion. But. Uh, we might be biased when it comes to money. yeah, like I could very well be yeah. completely <laughs> wrong on it. And anyone who like drafts Aranola because of me, like Just I will me. not give you my home address. <coughs> um, Slide into my DMs. Don't blame folks. me. Yeah. Um, Michael Cicchini says, "What is your cutoff point for taking your SP one? It's been Pablo for me, but I just took Wheeler over Alonzo in round two and regret it." Or, for example, the past results and projections for Gilbert and Kirby are close. We just hit on those. So, yeah, you got a good idea on that. And then two more questions. Corbin Young says, why should we draft all the Mariners? Because they're awesome. Agreed. 
Yeah, we we already drooled over two, and like I already mentioned, Wu and Bryce Miller. I'm a big fan, so we'll get to those guys in the coming weeks. There was uh, so I, I did put out that top ten whiff rate on the four seamers uh, tweet that I was talking about earlier. Six of those top ten were Seattle and Minnesota. Like there is a th- that I, there is a thing. Like I you say, what's in the water or whatever. So I'm like joke, but there's a there's a philosophy and an organizational thing going on there. Um, so. Josh Maurice says, would you trade Mick Abel, Colton Kowser, and Jacob Reimer for Musgrove and head-to-head points dynasty? Not sure if Musgrove's arm issues from last year carry over and if he holds up to 180 innings pitched for three or four more years. Uh, I'm not a prospect guy, but uh, if you want to win now, you take Musgrove. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I don't, I don't want to answer and give like wrong info. Cause I don't, I don't know enough about those guys. I will. I always kind of direct prospect questions to our friends, uh, Chris Clegg and Eric cross. Yeah. So if you want to, and they're always very willing to help. So if you want to ask that over there, I just don't know enough about the prospects. And one last question in the chat from our buddy Gialdi, Kansas city moose. Do you believe in Cole Reagan? Surprisingly not a top 30 ADP pitcher. That really shocks yeah. me, actually. And actually, I hope he hope I didn't mess something up. No, I don't think he is top 30. I don't 30. think you did. I'm looking right now. He's, no, uh, he's 50. 80, yeah, and, he's in the 50s. When you yeah, take out the, he's probably um, like a 40 something ish pitcher right outside <laughs> it. Yeah, that's crazy. I thought he'd be going a lot higher. Um, so, I mean, given the price, I thought I, I, I did too. I, I thought the price would be higher. So, given that Cole Reagan's is like your SP three or maybe four in a 12 team league. I take a gamble there. I, I do. We, I mean, I, I called him five walk Reagan's at the end of last year, multiple times. Um, I do worry about the second half walk rate. Like it's very hard to have an 11% walk rate in a two seventy eight ERA 114 whip. So like for, for as good as Cole Reagan's was in the second half last year, like he walked a lot of dudes. You know who he reminds of me dudes. of? You know what that reminds me of? Blake Snell. Yes. Yeah. There's a lot I mean, of similarities there. Tons of whiffs. Tons of Ks. At his ADP, now he's your SP three or four. I'm very interested, actually. I think when we had this discussion at the end of last season on the review of the starting pitchers, or even before that, I think the speculation was he'd be like going to the top like 2025. Or like SP. around Scooble, maybe like yeah, that was like, kind of a similar discourse between those two. And maybe looking at the numbers now, Scooble was better, but like there's a huge difference between those two guys. Yeah, that's a big draft difference. So like if you want to tell me right now, I'll take Cole Reagan's at his price over Scooble all day long. Uh yes. Yes, agreed. Yep. Yeah. So that's a, that'll be a fun one to also look back on when the season ends. But Charlie uh, says, "Well, he's all we got." What do you mean, you Royals got, fan? You got Seth Lugo and Michael Walker and Brady Singer. Like, come on, Charlie. Hey, and maybe and maybe Chris Bubich will come sweeping back in the second half of the year. And when you're contending, because you just signed Bobby Witt to a lifetime contract, you guys can trade for awesome. another starting pitching. Oh yeah, I'm pumped that they did it. This, but yeah. That's like four or five teams now that have locked up their studs. Like, this is what we need more of in baseball. Heck, the you know, people hate the Astros. They just locked up Altuve. It's basically a lifetime Astro. You got Corbin Carroll's locked up. J-Rod's locked up. Witt's locked up. Like, all these, like, God, that's, that's great is locked up at a uh, relatively cheap price compared to everyone yeah, else. That's, a, that's just a great, great situation there. So, pretty. And then you have the Braves who just have everybody locked up. So, you got that going for them, too. 
All right. On that note, we will wrap things up. SP part one. We got one through 20, kind of as expected on this one. We'll go through probably 21 through 40. I won't, we'll try to go to 50, but we'll probably 21 through 40 next week and then or on Thursday. And then on Tuesday, we'll, we'll wrap it up for you. Uh, hopefully, this was like, helpful for you, the discussions we had along with strategy and whatnot. But final thoughts on tonight's episode, Mr. Bloomfield. Uh, no, just avoided making a really bad joke. So I'm proud of myself. Yeah, yeah, you, you did good. I bit my tongue quite a bit. Uh, I'll save them for our, as we get farther down the board. And I'm really looking forward to the Tanner Bybee thing now because I did not know you didn't like him that much. So this will be fun. Um, uh, I'm looking forward to that quite a bit. And you'll have to tune in. It's called a teaser, folks, on Thursday to get that from us because they will. that'll be the second tier of five we discuss. It'll be early in the show. But until then, you can check out Ryan on Twitter at RyanBHQ, the podcast at Bubba Bloom Pod. I am at BD Entrick. This was Bubba and Bloom, episode 105. Catch you all later. Mm-hmm.